Today in the Attorney Career Advice Podcast with Harrison Barnes. The people with the largest egos and need to feed their egos will go to those big markets. Whereas if you go to a smaller market, you're often more likely to have long-term success and happiness in a law firm than a larger one. There's not so many huge egos running around. I had a very funny experience. I, years ago, this is, I don't know, 20 years ago, a long time ago, I bought a, I was living in Pasadena, California, and I bought a little beach house in Malibu. And, and I invited some attorneys over and that I knew. And one of them said, this is a great house. It's very impressive. But something along the lines of when you get to a point where this is no longer impressing people, you can get a bigger one or something. And I was like, wow, like, where does that come from? And this is just how they were thinking about things and how they would think about, or you could, this is very impressive. When you get to the point where this is no longer impressing people, you can get a bigger one or something. And I was like, wow, like, why would someone say something like that? So an attorney oftentimes realizes they can't compete in a game where they won't make partner if they're not committed enough or uh, they will, but never generate enough business if they don't believe themselves. And they'll often save their ego by pretending they never wanted to work in a law firm anyway and start trying to go in-house. So they'll basically give up. They'll protect their ego saying that they're just doing this for a few years. They're doing something else. They don't want to do it. When in reality, they probably were trying to get something, but then they decided that they get psyched out and do something else. And, and a lot of this, I think, is really the ego. Now, again, there's nothing wrong with going in-house. It's an amazing career choice for a lot of people. I'm not criticizing that, but I'm telling you that to protect your ego, a lot of people take these, these routes. And a lot of times they go into the largest markets they can work at, away from their families and support networks to do the same thing to protect your ego. This is about a little bit about prestige, and I'm just going to talk about this briefly, but the right market for people often connotes prestige. Attorneys in the largest markets often believe that those in smaller markets are not as competent as they are. And I know this because I've worked in large markets and small markets. I, I had my first experience was clerking in a, like a federal court outside of Detroit. And when attorneys would come into that courtroom, local attorneys would be just amazed. Like you'd be in a room with, I don't know, we had class actions. You'd be in a room with like 50 attorneys on this class action. They'd have a big conference room and and one of the attorneys would be like, this is our, our colleague from, I don't know, Sherman and Sterling. And it would be like some first-year associate. And everyone, these 100 attorneys would all be like, wow, just very funny. Whereas that would no one would care in a lot of big markets. But this was in, I remember that. And then I don't even know if it was Sherman and Sterling. I think it was, uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. But, but it's funny. And then the attorneys in the largest markets will, of course, always talk down to, I believe that the more competent than attorneys in the smaller markets. And, and then and there is, by the way, a certain, if you are an attorney in a big New York law firm, there's a certain pace and ways of thinking about problems and cutting through stuff that may not exist in other markets to some extent, because it's just people don't always think that way. I'm not criticizing the legal markets, but I am telling you that the largest markets can, in the firms, can create a certain type of attorney that does provide often better results to the clients. It's, I don't know why that is. I think it's the environment. I don't know. But and there's a perception that attorneys a lot of times in the, the smaller markets are not as competent. And again, I'm not criticizing smaller markets. I think attorneys in smaller markets are actually happier. So I don't think that, but I'm just telling you how the ego works and the perceptions. The work in the, does tend to go to attorneys in the largest markets, the most important work. The quality of work is often considered a much more thorough in the largest markets, meaning law firms that are doing the most important corporate work there is are often in New York. There's certainly incredible firms in Silicon Valley and stuff, but often in the firms in New York, often 
are a little bit different than other firms. It's, uh, there's just ways of doing the work that may and expectations that are historical in nature. I'm not, again, I'm not criticizing uh, any Silicon Valley firms or other markets. I'm just telling you what the perception is in the market. And even if you run a huge company or have a huge legal matter and you start talking to people, who should I use and stuff, there's just big firms that have come up the most deep-pocketed clients in big markets, and, and those often are in New York, uh, in LA, and there's a lot of great firms here, but but there's so many people competing to work there in those markets that everyone's quickly replaceable. So if you're a corporate firm in Boise, Idaho, and there's some great firms there, by the way, big firms, and you have an opening for a 10th-year securities attorney, you're going to have a little bit of a wait. And I'm just saying to, to find people, and Boise is a great market. But if you're in New York and you have an opening for a 10th year securities attorney, you can get hundreds of applicants or pretty much, not hundreds, but a lot from not just New York, but all over the country very quickly. Most attorneys in the market like New York are very replaceable. They know that they have to provide a lot of value very quickly. They know that the firm is evaluating them based on people that they've had working there in the past. And there's pressure to perform. That's just not there in a lot of other markets. And I know this from a recruiting standpoint. The second a firm in New York City has an opening, it's crazy. If you're watching this in New York, and again, people in New York and big firms tend to watch this a lot, these presentations, because I think they're, again, they're trying to learn this stuff. And and anybody should, everybody that's learning this stuff is very smart doing so. I just want to put that out there. This is incredibly very important information. But in New York, the second a law firm has an opening, they know that they're going to get multiple tons of openings or candidates. So if you're at a firm in New York City and you decide you want to talk back to a partner and the partner says, oh, I'm just going to replace this person, all they need to do is put the word out to these all these little boutique recruiting firms, which they'll do very quickly, and they'll have 50 people knocking on their door, some much more qualified than you, many hungrier than you, rather than to replace you. That's scary. So you have to produce at a certain rate. And candidates know that. And that's not nice. Most major firms in these markets will have a lot of people to replace them. And so you either perform at a level you're expected to and provide a lot of value, or you're quickly pushed out. And this concentration of people in these major markets is similar. So is Chicago. And so is the Bay Area, that is something that creates higher quality work and more demands. It's just how it works. You don't, people are not as terrified of losing their jobs in Omaha. It's just not how it works. There's just, it's not the way it is. And the performance levels are not expected to be as high. And that creates a certain type of attorneys. If you are doing a good job, you're quickly given a lot of clues that you should start looking elsewhere. You may not be given work and you'd be told you don't have any work. You may be given dumb assignments. I was in a firm once where there was a very qualified litigator. This is in a New York firm and he upset someone. I don't know what he did. And then all of a sudden they took away all his work and started giving him these dumb collection cases to work on suing the firm's clients that hadn't paid. This is just how it works. You'd be given poor reviews, even if stuff isn't true. Many times giving, meaning reviews that are just not Nice. There's just no reason for them. They may say things like, many people don't believe in you, or you're not giving us a lot of confidence in your future. Just kind of these blank statements and then criticisms about your work that are just vague. And so the point is, that's just what they do. Or you'll be given death stares, meaning people will look at you in a funny way or just, yeah. And all these sorts of things happen. And, and this is just the way it works. And I'm not criticizing New York. I'm telling you that it produces high quality work. It makes people paranoid about making mistakes and losing their jobs. It makes people work harder and it makes people 
And then you're going to, by default, be surrounded by other people that are also paranoid like that and are judging you under the same standards they feel judged at, whether you're a junior associate talking to a senior associate or whatever. And it's going to breed a certain type of attorney. And it's going to make it there. It's even more tough. And I'm just telling you how hard this is because you're going to be many times in firms where it's going to be impossible for you to ever make partner. And that's okay because you're learning these skills and you're getting access to the most important work that, and some other advantages that are very important. So that's good. Do you know the secrets to getting your dream legal job? We do. And one of the best things you can do is apply to jobs that fly under the radar. Applying to openings with very little competition means you stand a much higher chance of getting hired. But how do you find openings like that? For starters, you're not going to find them on major job boards because these jobs are usually only advertised on companies' websites and in small regional publications. That is why we created Law Crossing, the most comprehensive database of legal jobs in the world. We have a team of people constantly working to find every single legal job out there. Unlike other job boards, which only list jobs that companies pay to post, we include every legal job we can find in order to maximize your chances of finding a job. So, what are you waiting for? Head over to www.lawcrossing.com to find your dream legal job today. And again, outside of New York, the same psychology exists. You have lots of big cities all around the country where attorneys have a, a sense of importance. So they will think they're a bigger deal if they're in a bigger market than a smaller market and all sorts of things. And the attorney in Chicago often feels superior to the attorney in Detroit, but the attorney in Houston may feel superior to the one in San Antonio and so forth. It's just how it works. The one in Miami feels superior to the one in Tallahassee. And, and, and again, is an attorney in the larger market happier? No, but the ego is often driving a decision about what market to work in. And again, I'm not being going so far to postulate that every attorney in New York is there because of their ego. But in my experience, you have to have a good ego in order to stay working there. And a lot of times people believe egos are so strong that they believe that they'll keep working there because they don't want to look like a failure for leaving. And then the other funny thing that happens, this is very interesting, is when a lot, and I'm sure if you're in a New York firm, then you've noticed this. When a lot of people leave these big firms in New York, if they don't go in-house and they leave, if they move to another market, rather than taking another job and looking like a failure to their people that they may know from law school or that firm, they often will do nothing. Or it's very interesting or just some other career entirely when they are very talented and should be practicing law. It's the dumbest thing they can do. Everything that they've learned would make them great attorneys and big fish and smaller ponds and all these things, but they don't do it because they know how other people at their firm think about them. And it's not bad to work in a major market. It's what's bad though, is if you do it for your ego and you allow it to hold you back, and then you need to have a corresponding benefit in terms of happiness. And a lot of people will suffer being in that position and worry about not being as good as their peers. And attorneys in markets like New York will often Again, I'm not criticizing New York. I'm actually saying great things about it and the firms there, but they'll often live in smaller apartments, work harder, be taxed a lot and end up clearing less money than they would in smaller markets, but they're being exposed to that pressure in those types of large clients. And, and, and again, there's so many different levels of prestige that a lot of people feel like they're never successful enough. And so one of the things I talk about this a lot, and I talk about this because I've seen 
how important this is and really how it, it helps people and and what happens. But I've noticed that when attorneys start their careers in smaller markets or wind up there after practicing in large markets, they're often much more likely to be practicing law, continue practicing law and law firms throughout through the careers than attorneys that go to the largest markets. Now, I want to make sure I repeat that because I want you to understand this. If you're a law student, if you're a practicing attorney, you can practice law, by the way, into your 80s and be very happy doing that. I've noted, worked with lots of attorneys. I worked with attorneys that were in their 80s and had books of business of, I'm just thinking of one recent example, seven or $8 million and moving firms. Who would have thought? But that's what happens. Look at our president right now is 80 plus. It's, you can practice law a long time. So deciding to leave law because of a couple bad years at a big firm is insane. It's ridiculous. Like, why would you, I don't get it, but this is what people do. And, and you can have a very happy career. You're, I just want to make this clear too to people that are on this webinar, because I, this could be some of the most important advice that you ever receive. Your first few years of practicing law are an apprenticeship. It's no different than being working as a resident in a hospital for two years and working 36 hours straight or 48 hours straight for years with one day off in between a 48 hour. It's grueling. It's not the kind of thing you want to do the rest of your life. But this is an apprenticeship. If you get into a big law firm and work there for five years, that's an apprenticeship. It's going to create a certain type of product. But it'll do that because of obviously that's how they make money, but also because they know that it reinforces habits and ways of thinking and makes you better and be able to think on your feet even when you're tired and you do all these different sorts of things. And so do law firms. It's how law firms make all their money. But this apprenticeship in the largest law firms, which was started by Cravath in the 1960s or late 50s, when U.S. companies started getting larger is something that breeds good attorneys. And so you do not quit the practice of law because you're in your apprenticeship and think it's hard. That is not what the whole career has to be. That's insane. Wow. But that's what people do. But anyway, you, sh you should. And I'm just encouraging you that you are in an apprenticeship. If you think it's bad and demanding, you're just in an apprenticeship. Of course it is. That's how it works. Anybody that wants to be successful in anything has to do an apprenticeship. The longer the apprenticeship, the more successful you're going to be. And then you can take those skills somewhere else. Imagine watching the most successful attorneys in the United States, the ones that are the most highly paid and that have the biggest clients. Imagine getting the opportunity to watch that firsthand for five years and work for those people. And then you quit because you think it's hard. That's not how it works. You're in an apprenticeship. So I just want to make sure you understand that. And these people have something to teach you because they've risen through that when other people haven't, and you have a very good experience and opportunity, and you can either take it seriously or not. But if you take it seriously, those people will help you. I have a cousin that I think he worked at Sherman and Sterling and did an exceptional, worked very hard for one partner there. And, and then the firm was downsizing, so they let him go. And then and he worked for this guy for a couple of years, very hard or three or four years and maybe worked for a couple of other partners. And when they let him go, they figured out that he was having a difficult time finding a job. So they found him a job working for one of their clients and um, and he's worked there for, I don't know, decades and makes millions of dollars a year as a general counsel and has a very good life. Wow. So this is what you get and people, they can help you if you do this. And so I'm just encouraging everyone to realize the difference between an apprenticeship and a job. 
your first five years are not a job. It's not a job. I want to, it's not a job. It's an apprenticeship. Never think of it as a job, even up to seven or eight years. It's not a job. It's an apprenticeship where you're getting skills. So a lot of times what I've noticed, attorneys who start their careers in large markets, because of their ego and all these other things, they worry about how they're getting paid, their bonuses, all this other things. They often don't stay. They decide that this apprenticeship is too hard and they leave and they quit or their ego says, I, they're just thinking in the wrong way. They're thinking, oh, it's about my ego. It's about how I compare. They're not thinking of this apprenticeship. And so instead, they end up not practicing law and they give up this career that they could be doing for another 60 years because they're a little upset with somebody, a hard law firm that they start their career with or one that's too demanding and an apprenticeship. That's like a doctor walking out of a a residency when they're two steps away. I have another relative that's an orthopedic surgeon, went to good schools and came out of her residency and makes seven or $800,000 a year in a hospital working nine to five. Who would have thought? All this stuff, like you do an apprenticeship, you're going to do well. So the point is that you have to really understand that this is an apprenticeship. And so a lot of attorneys in large markets will quit. Whereas the attorneys in the smaller markets, I don't think are so caught up in all this ego stuff. And they end up staying with the practice of law and they end up having long-term careers when they might not otherwise have those careers. So they stick with it and they don't leave because the attorneys in the largest markets during this apprenticeship are often feel like they never want to work in a law firm again. Where and, and they often don't develop books of business where they might have been smaller markets. And they often go in-house because they think that's the only option and or because they believe they have no future in larger law firms. They often, attorneys in the largest markets are often much less likely to become partners than the ones in smaller markets if they stay there in a large firm. And, and again, I've believe that if you aren't, if you're so wrapped up in your ego that you think you need to be a big deal and so forth, just realize you're in an apprenticeship. But if you go to work in a smaller market, you're often not going to be, this doesn't exist to that extent. And it's just because the people you're surrounded with, the people with the largest egos and need to feed their egos will go to those big markets and be impacted by it. Whereas if you go to a smaller market, you're often more likely to have long-term success and happiness in a law firm than a larger one. But if you can deal with the fact that you're not at the biggest, most prestigious firm, which is fine. And again, the attorneys who work in the largest markets are often not practicing law in 10 years where they, if they went to a smaller market, they could spend their entire career counseling people, be considered experts, being respected in the community, having people call them for business, being asked to talk, being told they're thought of as an attorney and saying, this person's an attorney. Where I grew up, I knew all the kids whose parents were in attorneys and I was in awe. Again, I grew up in a suburb of Detroit. But again, if you work in a smaller market, people will, it's just different. An attorney in a smaller market is like the big fish. The, the kids of the attorney are big fish. It's all, it's just all, and it's all relative, but it's a big deal being an attorney in smaller markets. I know they think their, your ego will be fed and, and you will feel happy and like you're contributing and like you're giving something. So if your ego drives your choice of the market to be in, you're going to be less happy many times and maybe ultimately less successful than if you're in a smaller market. If you are numbing yourself with medication, with alcohol, with unmeaningful relationships and other problems and depression and who knows, maybe that's just because your, your ego can't is being not giving you a sense of your self-worth and maybe you're basing it on some things that are based on how you feel about yourself inside. And again, you're not going to go back and turn the clock back on yourself and get new parents and a new, you have to do with what you have. But I am telling you that 
a lot of the stuff you're not going to get from a law firm. You're going to have to get it. It's going to have to come from you internally. But I will tell you again that attorneys in smaller markets often do not have the same problems that a lot of times attorneys in large markets have. Now, there's nothing wrong with an attorney being an attorney in a large market. Many people come into that with an ego and the background and the parents and the just natural fortitude to do it. But there's definitely a belief that you have to work in larger firms and larger markets. And again, larger firms pay the most, the training's better, the work is often very good, and most important, they're often more connected politically, socially, and the markets are in. It's also easier to lateral to other prestigious firms from the largest firms and go in-house to large employers, a lot of times from major firms, because of the pressure, that the ability that they have to recruit people. They, you're working with people that are often more on their toes. And oftentimes, again, most attorneys throughout their careers remain interested in working for these firms. Not all of them do, but a lot of them do and throughout their entire careers. I don't think it's that important, to be honest with you. I think you should really be focused on enjoying what you're doing, practicing law. And you may enjoy it in a large firm. There are people that are completely cut out for it. And again, I'm not criticizing these large firms. I think there are people that are perfect fits for it. But, but if you're constantly comparing yourself to others and being governed by your ego, that's not good. There's a constant feeling you need to be with a, a different firm that you may have. It's not healthy and it's not going to benefit you in the long run. And again, these large firms are dangerous. They can replace you very quickly. They demand high, they have high expectations because they can pay for them and their clients are willing to pay for them. Those high expectations, they're often less collegial, not always, but often less collegial. The attorneys are often more competitive with one another. They're, they're more corporate in nature and personal, and it can create an unpleasant atmosphere that attorneys work there and make people unhappy. It's interesting when you go into these smaller markets and the smaller firms, I mean, the people have been there since they graduated from law school or they joined a year or two later after being the public vendor's office or something, and, and they stick around. Whereas when you go into these major firms, you know, the people just, there's just not, it's not a community. There's different, not all of them are. And it's also very interesting too. I'll just make a couple of sides here. Some of these firms like your Wachtels, your Cravast, your Sullivan and Cromwell's, like they don't even really, I, I make placements seven. Some of these firms, they don't even really hire laterally because they're enforcing their own culture and they, they want to create a family. They don't want to give the impact that you can be replaced at any time. And so that it creates a different, and they, if you stick around, the idea is that you can do well. Wachtels like that, a great firm, again, not one of my clients, but the, this is how it works. So they, but a lot of the firms, is uh, this is driven by ego. And it's interesting, those firms. And I'd love to write an article about it. But but the, off, the focus on your ego often will lead to nowhere useful. And if you're centered on how your ego makes them look, you're often going to be in a state where you're constantly unhappy comparing yourself to others. Do you want to take back control of your legal career? We have a solution for you. Harrison Barnes, the number one legal recruiter with over 20 years of experience, Hosts weekly webinars followed by live Q&A sessions every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. These webinars are packed with helpful information that you can use to advance your legal career. Best of all, after each webinar, Harrison stays for as long as needed in order to answer every question. So again, I apologize for such a long webinar. I just, I wanted to bring put all this out here up there. The ego can make you feel loved and appreciated. It wants, it often wants to make people better than others and make you feel good about yourself. It also keeps going often when it's wrong. Far too many attorneys will often stay at the largest firms and work there, even when 
it's no longer benefiting them when they're wrong, and it can make you happy, not make you unhappy. It often also results in a situation where people will stay in environments that are no longer serving them or where they're never going to get ahead because of how they look to others and and because they're concerned about how they feel about others. I've seen cases where attorneys are talked to where their partners or counsel and they're not thought of well in their firms and and but they're there and they're making a good living and they're around other people that went to these great schools but they're and but they're not respected and they're these second class citizens and it's sad and they stick around because they're concerned that they can't do any better or they're protecting some vision of themselves that they probably shouldn't be and your ego is determines how you feel about yourself and they may also be leading you in the wrong direction and your career in your life uh, it could take you in a bad direction and your good sense of self if you have a good sense of self it can often help make you tick but the people with the best sense of self too by the way is a lot of times have often been athletes they sometimes they come into law firms having been in I don't know, theater or law firm or athlete, they often athletes. They're in, it's interesting. And again, I'm not saying I approve of them or don't approve of them, but fraternities and things, I've always had this kind of thing of hazing people and, and making it very hard to join. And, and I was under training. I couldn't believe the stuff that happened in the hazing. It was beyond anything these days that people would have gone to prison but the, uh, for the stuff that was you know, done to me and others. But the, it wasn't sexual in nature, but it was not, it was, it involved a lot of bad stuff. And, uh, but anyway, the point is that being in groups where you're an athlete or all these things can develop your ego and to make you more tolerable to these things. And in contrast, if you don't, if you ha don't have that, you can often make it much more difficult and try to be someone that can often make people unhappy. And the problem is a lot of attorneys at one point may have been happy people and going to the practice of law, like I talked about initially, may be something that has made you unhappy. And it may your feelings at one point were internal and you felt good about yourself. And then suddenly you got in this law school environment and this law firm environment where you started judging yourself in all these different ways. And that's not good. And most of the greatest religious figures in history, Jesus and Buddha and Muhammad and all these others, their whole conclusion, if you study them, and I've studied them somewhat, but certainly can't, I'm not an expert, but their true happiness, they believe, lies in not having an ego. You have to, you can't let your ego control you. I have an interesting thing happen with a lot of people that that I've, that have worked for me in the past and people that have worked out and others that haven't, and that, and for years, I would always hire uh very successful graduates of Harvard Law School that work in big firms to be recruiters and so forth. And and these people will often have very big egos and they want to believe the best and everything. They don't like many times being told they're not. And the ego is very prevalent in the legal profession. And, and you have to, in order to be successful, you really need to think about how do you eliminate your ego? How do you drive it down? People have attacked and tried to solve this issue of their ego and the stress and stuff that causes them and as far almost as human history goes back. And, and what this means is how do you do it? You do it through yoga is one way. Uh, that's a very popular way that was popularized thousands of years ago in India, I believe. And people do it through therapy where they go and they talk about their feelings and problems every week or month or whenever you see a therapist they do it through groups which are AA or 
other types of groups when their ego gets out of control. And those have been very successful people. They do it through religion. People have been going to church and stuff for thousands of years. They Some people will exercise. Other people will study. But this is what it's all about. I just want to be very clear that you cannot be happy and successful when, when you follow this like you like people do. You have to work on working on ways to do it. Now, some people will close their door in, in major firms and meditate 20 hours a day, put on some headphones and, uh, or 20 minutes a day, or, or they'll learn all these different things. And But if you, if you do that, you can be much happier. And again, the reason I think a lot of times people are happier in smaller markets is just because there's not so many huge egos running around and, and that can help you be happier. Your objective should be to be happy, content, and, and and really do the best you can in your career. And that's what I want for you. That's what I want for when I work with. And unfortunately, it's not, it's easier said than done. But my biggest piece of advice is to figure out methods that you can incorporate into your life to manage your ego, which are the exercise and religion or all these sorts of things because those things work and they've worked for thousands of years for people. The other option many times is if you can't control it, then you go into maybe many times a smaller market. You surround yourself with people where that's not as much as an issue for them. So I'm going to take a quick break for about five minutes and then I will come back, not even five minutes, I'm sorry, like one or two minutes. And then I will come back and answer any questions you have about this presentation or anything to do with any leap questions you have about your career. This is a live webinar, so I will answer all questions that you have and do anything I can to help you. So thank you. That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. If you are an attorney looking for a change, head on to bcgsearch.com.